Welcome to a Words, Beats, and Life podcast. This episode features the WBL Academy's College Material Series. Hello. My name is Terrell Salsa, the head college material coach here at Words, Beats, and Life, and I want to welcome you all to We Ready. We Ready is the start of our college material program for the spring semester. Our academy has been going on since the beginning of February, and we are now starting off our college material program. So before we get started, some of you might wonder what exactly is our college material program? The College Material Program is a branch of the Arts Education Academy program here at Words, Beast and Life. The main focus is to help our students get the materials, resources, information, and knowledge they need to continue their education after high school. All right, we have a wonderful event planned for you all today. We have some amazing panelists with great experiences in college. And we will also be having a raffle where we will be giving off one free item from the Words, Beast and Life shop on our website to one lucky winner. So stay tuned for that. All right. So now I will bring on our academy manager, Serena Lewis, who is going to be our host for tonight's event. Hi, Serena. How are you doing? Hey, Terrell. I'm doing well. So. Um- Everyone's kind of already heard about what the college material program is. Can you quickly tell us about the academy program before we get started? Sure. So uh, the academy is the arts arts education portion of Words, Beats, and Life, um, and it's dedicated to the youth ages 13 to 22. Um, We have a wide array of uh, arts education classes from poetry to DJing to breakdancing and beat production. Um, And then there's also some... Uh, creative employment type classes like Like a Boss and Walk It Like I Talk It. And uh, the main goal of the academy is to help our students have artistic portfolios that can then help them be employable within the creative arts sector, um, especially here in DC. So uh, without further ado, I will introduce our panelists for tonight. Um, First, we have Alex Mitchell. Uh, she handles the public relations for Words, Beats, and Life, and I think she'll be a great panelist today for us. And then we have Christina Lyles. Um, she's the program manager of the Community Partnership Program for Project Create in the D.C. area. So we're so happy to have you. And as well as Landon, who is a volunteer college material coach within our college material program. So we're so happy that he's here with us as well. Um, Can I first ask you all to just intro yourself uh, a little bit more than what I just did? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and also why did you agree to be a part of this panel tonight? So Alex, let's start with you. Sure, so I'm Alex. Um, I am a DC native. Um, I've been, I have a different experience with college actually. I started uh, at St. John's in New York, took some time off, then ended up at Howard. And now I'm in my 30s and I just got my graduate degree. So it's a process, but you can get it done. Um, yeah, and so right now um, that's led me to work with uh, Words, Beats, and Life as a PR representative. So um, I, went, I started with art history or with photography and moved to art history and then somehow ended up in marketing. So here I am now. Um, yeah, I'm excited to meet you guys. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of us have jumped around a little bit. So I think that'll be great, uh, a great vibe to bring to this panel discussion tonight. Um, Christina, how about you? 
Sure. Um, and again, thank you for this opportunity to just be here with you all today. Um, so a bit about me, I have my bachelor's degree in vocal performance from Agnes Scott College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I actually just finished my graduate degree in arts administration from Goucher College. Um, so right now, my focus is really solely on arts administration and really affording artists the opportunity to be seen and heard. Um, so that's what I am all about. And I'm just excited to talk more with you all today. Awesome. Thank you, Christina. Uh, Landon, what about you? Perfect. Yeah, uh, Landon Levin-Jones. Uh, I currently uh, serve as the Deputy Director of Finance and Operations, uh, served DC. Uh, I went to college in Greencastle, Indiana, a place called DePaul University. Um, I'm sorry, what was the follow-up prompt? I apologize. Um, just why did you agree to be a part of this panel with us tonight? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, naturally, I always think that, you know, folks have uh, diff differing uh, routes to get to college and to persist through college. And I'm just happy to offer any insight that I can today. Cool. Well, I'm really excited to have you all here. Um, and I think it's gonna be great. So I'm just gonna ask some questions. I'm just gonna be a little biased on International Women's Day and start with the ladies, but feel free to jump in whenever you're there, uh, whenever, you know, you have something to add. Uh, so when you were around the age of our students, which are generally um, anywhere between 13 and 22, uh, mainly right now the students that we have in our program for the college material program are high school age, so like, you know, 14 to 18. Um, when you were around the age of our students, what did you think about being college and career, like, like what did you think that meant, like being college and career ready? Christina, Alex, anybody? <laughs> Go first, Christina. Okay. Um, for me, being college ready is just being in a mindset of always putting my best foot forward. So whatever it is I was going to commit to, whatever it is I was planning to do, is just be the best version of myself in that space um, so that I can shine how I need to shine and also just make connections and, um, you know, just expand my network of contacts in the field that I was trying to get into. So... Cool. I love that, the putting your best efforts forward. That's something I say to our academy students all the time because um, that's all we can do some days is our best. So I love that. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think um, just being prepared, um, just being kind to yourself and making the sacrifices and doing the work. If you really want to get there, then you're going to take the time to do it. And I think it's it's a difficult time being a teenager, so it's hard to do that. But, you know, if you have the right support system, it's easy to buckle down, a little easier to buckle down and get it done. True. Landon, what do you think? Yeah, I think being college ready is just understanding that you have to move to the beat of your own drum uh, and that what may be a route of success for one person may not be uh, the route that you need to follow to a T. Uh, you definitely have to find your own path and find your strengths and weaknesses and try to adapt accordingly. Yeah, that's a great point, Landon, you know, walking to the beat of your own drum, because I think that's a lot of art, right? Because a lot of people don't always get it or get how that can be a real career path. And that's something that we want to you know, dispel that this is a career and you can make good money by, you know, allowing your artistic self to come through. And we hope that we're helping our students within the academy achieve that mastery so that they can be employable. Um, so um, how and when did you all decide you would go to college? Um, were you always on a college track? Like, how did that talk come about? Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
I think I always knew I wanted to go to college, but 17-year-old Alex thought she wanted to be in New York, um, and that obviously changed a little bit. So, you know, it was always like the goal. It was my family pushed college. Um, so it just was like it was ingrained in me, you know, I, and then I wanted to rebel a little bit and be this artist. So I think, um, I don't know, I, get, I think that just that changed. Like I was like, what am I doing in New York? Like, is this who I still am? Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer that question? <laughs> like, yeah, it it's just always just been impressed on me to go to college. Um, counselors kind of sucked in high school, um, but still you had that like extra support that's like this is the next thing to do it's going to be so fun you can choose what you want to learn about get it done you know yep what about you landon what do you think yeah uh from the time i think i knew what college was my family said that i had to go uh so i think that was uh, as early as i was six um i just remember all the time my uncle used to always ask me what i wanted to be when i grew up and so when i would say things like an artist or i want to be you know an actor or something like that he would always follow up with well then what college are you going to go to to pursue those goals and so that was something that was always instilled uh in me from a young age that, that was something that had to be done um and then especially too once i went to high school i went to a career academy or a vocational school um as it's called and so definitely while i was there it became even more ingrained to in me that college had to be an option um, because my major at my career academy was banned. So I was like, I don't know if that means I'm going to be a street performer or what that looks like, but I definitely know college had to be in that uh, avenue. Cool. Christina, you have anything you want to add to that? Um, I just have pretty much a similar experience to what Alex and Landon said. Um, it was really my parents who've always pushed the college track for me. Um, and so they've always pointed me in that path and I've just been in it ever since, so very similar here. Yeah, I had a similar experience too. It wasn't really a choice. It was just always something talked about as it would be the next step. Um, so I think a lot of what we're doing um, with our program and with our student is to students is to make sure that they know it's a choice and that they understand what college is so that they can make that choice for themselves. And if for some reason they don't want to go to college, which is what we're pushing, but we understand that everybody necessarily doesn't want to go to college or it's not for them you know what is your post-secondary plan what what do you want to do after you're done with high school um, so really trying to do that uh, i want to also encourage anybody that's um, tuning in viewers please comment please send us some questions and we will get to them so please feel empowered to put something in the chat and ask us any questions that you may have as we're talking um, so just by a quick show of hands did you apply to college that to a college that required an essay? I know I did. Do you remember what you wrote about or like what your process was with making, writing a really good college essay? Landon, you're shaking your head really hard, so I'm gonna start with you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, my personal statement was titled, Why I Want to Teach. Um, and so at the time, and I didn't even realize this, it was only until maybe about four or five years ago when I was going back through my personal statement to give to to show another student that I realized like I went to college with the intent of being a political science major, which then transformed into a history major. But I guess I knew that I was gonna change my major, uh, you know, not even knowing, but like I wrote that, like why I wanted to be a teacher and why I wanted to go back to my community and provide um, knowledge and understanding to folks who look like me so that we can understand where we come from. So that was like the general premise of my personal statement. Cool, I 
mean, yeah, it's definitely so important, right? Like having a good personal statement and trying not to think about it as like a research project or what we normally are doing in school because it's it's like a way for them to get to know you without actually personally speaking to you. So they're really going to accept or reject you off of that, you know, um, aside from your grades and everything else, like if you don't have a good essay, they're probably not going to take you seriously. So um, I just think it's important to get those perspectives. Uh, what about you, Christina? Honestly, I know um, that my essay was definitely like a personal statement. I cannot tell you what I wrote in it <laughs> um, because it's been some time since then. But I definitely know that I was required to do that. And I had to reflect on like what I was aspiring to become. What did I really want um, out of this life um, here in the next realm of like undergraduate school and things like that. So. Yeah, but I think, like you said, um, having a strong personal statement and essay is is definitely important and essential. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? I know you um, recently just finished your master's. Like, did you have to do an essay to get into that, and maybe yeah. a little bit more mm -hmm. for that one? It wasn't um, a personal statement, like with the Common App. That's still a thing. Um, okay. But this one was more like. Um, just explaining what your interests are, I guess. It was similar to, but more, more. Um, how do I explain? It was just like about the program, like why do I want to be in this in particular program? Um, and it was like um, a hybrid online in-person class. So it was for people who are working. Um, so they wanted you to talk about your day-to-day -day life and why this works with your routine. Cool. And so I just mentioned you have your master's, but um, so what is your undergraduate degree in and then what is your master's in? Yes, I actually got my undergraduate undergraduate degree in not language, obviously, um, in <laughs> art history with a minor in Portuguese, which I don't speak anymore fluently. Um, and then I went back to MICA, um, Maryland Institute College of Art, for uh, the business of art and design. So it's basically like an expedited MBA and it's half the price. So oh, it was cool. a great program. Yeah, and it was only um, like a year and eight months, so it was really fast. Cool, and how did you decide like on your majors and what were you going to be doing? Like how did you decide to do all that? Yeah, so I um, spent a lot of time in like art studios as, when I was at Howard. Um, and I didn't want to pursue being a studio artist as a career, but art history is such a tight lane. I also didn't feel like I could do what I wanted to do, like working with culture um, in like, you know, just in being confined into like the museum world or these institutions that really need some more diversity. I didn't feel like that was my fight yet. And I, I think you can have the same, if you crave creativity, you can do that same work um, through writing, uh, through marketing. Um, it's still all creation, so. That's kind of what led me down that path. I also bartended for five years, like after undergrad until 2020. So um, I was doing a lot of like events and um, cocktail creation. So it was still like in that realm, you know? Yeah, so it sounds like you were a mixologist and that was your art for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Christina, what about you? Um, so what are your degrees in and like, how did you decide that that's what you would major in or, you know, put your efforts toward? So my um, bachelor's degree is in vocal performance. Um, when I went to undergraduate school and once I came out of high school, 
At that time, I was really knee deep into performing. I was performing with the Washington Performing Arts Society. I mean, I was just performing in so many spaces for my church, um, you know, just everywhere almost. And so it was just very clear for me to go ahead and seek out a degree that was related to vocal performance as I had already studied that for so many, for so many years. And so once I got there, I took actually, it was a music business class. And from that point, I was really interested in music business. I thought that that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, that said, I think it was like the summer after I took that course, I had an internship with the local arts council um, over the summer. And that's kind of how I started to get my feet wet in arts administration. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be the person that really affords other artists um, and our youth and, you know, so many people an opportunity to, to be heard and to be seen. And so out of that came my master's degree in arts administration from Goucher College. Um, and at that time, too, I was working and in school at the same time. So I also opted to do a um, hybrid program um, so that I can continue working, but also continue to um, seek higher education. And so that's pretty much how it's kind of come to be for me. It was definitely like a journey. Um, I didn't know that, you know, when I graduated high school that this is where I would be now. But I would say, you know, it's just really been a journey and I've enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah, I think that's super true because um, there seems to be like no straight line. And, you know, when you're 18, 19 and you're picking what you're going to do for the rest of your life, it's such a joke because how do you know that? You know, like you don't really know till you try it. So I think it's important that you're making the point of, you know, it's a journey and that you can veer off different ways and it doesn't mean that you're going to be any less, any less successful. So, I mean, that's awesome. And thank you for sharing that. Um, Landon, what about you? Yeah, um, not nearly impress as impressive resume as my panelists, uh, just a lowly old bachelor's degree uh, in African history. Um, but my focus in African history was on music and how it was used as a political, uh, as an activist tool. Um, so focused on the transatlantic relationship between African Americans, Caribbean people, and African folks of uh, various of various countries, um, and how those musics were used to inform one another during uh, colonialism, independence movements, and during the civil rights movement here in the states. That's super dope. I don't know why you think that that's not notable. That is awesome. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even think about that. And I have, um, I minored in African American studies and I never thought about it in that way. So um, yeah, that's amazing. I, I love that. Um, so most of you talked about how you were working while in school and, you know, or in between figuring out what you wanted to do next. So how did you balance that with wanting to further your education um, and, you know, being a student? I was saying I just needed to eat. So I mean, <laughs> uh, I had generally more times than not like two jobs per semester uh, while I was an undergrad. Um, regular job, which I had just to make sure that it was going towards like paying off like my room and board and then a second job so that I could buy pizza uh, <laughs> and other things. Priorities. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Yeah. yeah, I didn't really have an option. I've always worked. Um, it was just that's what I had to do. <laughs> um, even at Howard, I had a scholarship, but I didn't want to pay back all those loans for like buying books and things. So I still just was working to have a little pocket change. Um, yeah, and then I was an adult after that. So <laughs> work is what you got to do. 
Christina, did you have any, um, did you work well in school or any of that? I didn't work while I was in school. I would say in between the semesters, like during the summer or during the winter breaks, that's when I would work. Um, and that was solely because my mom, I wanted to work. My mother was so insistent on me just really focusing on my studies and making sure I'm doing what I need to do. Um, so that was so much, you know, that's how that worked out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also worked too to make sure I had money during the semester. I'm actually proud to say that every time I had a summer job, I would save my money so that I never had to ask my parents for any money during the course of the semester. So, you know, it taught me saving and how to stretch that dollar. <laughs> nice. I'm sure my dad would have loved for me to do that, and I did not. However, he did not allow me to work either. I remember I got a, I went to Penn State, and I have uh, my bachelor's in political science, and then I went to law school at Western Michigan um, University, and I got my JD there with a concentration in international law. And I remember when I got a job at Penn State, I had it for like one weekend, and he was like, what are you doing? No, like just focus on working, uh, you know, working, and your job is to be a student not to have a real job and I was just like okay but I always did work in the summers um, so I, I see some questions coming in um, I hope more viewers will drop some more questions for us all we will get to the Q&A after uh, we have a little bit more conversation with the panelists so please um, please drop some questions or comments you'd like for us to go over at the end um, so you all have kind of mentioned your families in different ways um, what type of support did they play in your decisions? Or if it wasn't support and they kind of dictated it, like how did you deal with that? You know, so family, teachers, guidance counselors, or did you even have a mentor? Like how did that go for you guys figuring out what you were gonna do moving forward? So I, I'll say my family has played such an integral part in my college experience. They have been my biggest supporters and my biggest cheerleaders during that time. Um, I know that there were times I was super, super stressed um, during school and I would call my mom crying. I went to um, school actually like 10 hours away from home with no immediate family there. So that in and of itself is like really kind of stressful. And I know my mom like talked me off the ledge, <laughs> you know, so much, um, so many times because, you know, it's stressful. But, you know, my family really stepped in and made sure, you know, they would come down sometimes, hang out for a weekend. Um, or I would go home and, you know, everybody just really supported me. So I, they played such a, a big part of that. Um, and as far as mentorship, they also played a significant role. They continue to pour all of their knowledge in me um, so that I can, you know, have a shaped viewpoint of, you know, my career and where I wanted to be. And they also kept it real with me, which is what you need. You need someone to really, you know, keep you in check and keep you level-headed. So I would say that that's what my support system has done for me. Well, oh, anyone else? Yeah, I agree 100% with that. Friends and family are so important because the weight of the workload or just adjusting to a foreign city um, is stressful. So you really need someone to hold you down. And my mom was that rock for me and my friends and having a car was nice because drive back from New York, but yeah, definitely need a support system. What about you, Landon? Anything? Um, yes, and I mean, even though I wasn't a first-generation college student, it very much felt that way because the only other relative that had gone to college prior to me was my aunt. Um, so a lot of this stuff that I was going through in college and the support that I was getting through my family was literally all of us building the plane as we were flying. Um, 
so just trying to understand like the output with that and then as far as mentors i mean i was fortunate um i did go to college uh, by way of the posse foundation scholarship so we had a mentor you know every every year up until our junior year um and even afterwards you know they still stayed in our lives but it was always good to like have that person provide perspective for us um to understand things and the really cool part about it was the, our first year our mentor was an alum of our college. So he was able to help us navigate and understand some of the nuance of the campus. Cool. Um, so I'm just gonna take one of these questions here. Um, what advice would you give to students that are interested in going to college but don't have the best GPAs? Um, I think people are afraid of that gap year, but it's actually great. I feel like I went to Wilson in DC and um, they really set you up to like talk your way to get, you know what I mean? You, the emphasis isn't on grades, it's on like just being productive in society, at least when I was there. Um, so that was reflected in my college choices. I, I think looking back, I would have loved to have taken a gap year and prepared myself. Maybe if I was a little more mature um, as an 18 year old, I would have completed school in four years. I'm not mad at my past, I'm just saying like, I think if I had buckled down um, with my grades a little more, I would have made some different choices. Um, but there's so many options. I think take a gap year or if you're an 11th grader, really take 11th grade seriously with those AP classes and chance because you're saving money in the end if you, you know, don't need that in freshman English, for example. You can fill that with something else. Um, just make those sacrifices and do the work. I think that's my advice. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think if you're a student that doesn't have the best GPA right now and you're a senior in college or in high school, I would highly recommend that like before entering your first semester of college, you take that summer to take co community college classes um, and in a course where you know it's not your strong suit. Um, when I served as a college counselor, uh, that was one thing that I noticed that a lot of my students struggle with was especially with like math and science and naturally for a lot of students of color, especially black students, if you're going to an HBCU or PWI and you're coming from an urban school, more times than not, they instantly put you on a remedial math and science course, you know, and so I would just highly recommend, and that's just across the board, you know, good GPA or not, like, I highly recommend you take community college courses to get a feel for classes that you feel like you would struggle in. And then also too, one thing I wish I had done when I was an undergrad because I struggled with math and science so much. I wish that in the summers uh, that I just taken community college courses to get those extra credits so that I could then go back to campus and focus on like my coursework within my major because I definitely lost a lot of time um, in between semesters, especially my sophomore year, essentially playing catch up, trying to make up those credits that I had lost. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't think a lot of people think that that's okay to do, so. Uh, what about you, Christina? Anything to add to that? Nothing really to add. I, I appreciate both of your responses. I would definitely agree with Landon. Like, had I knew that I was going to struggle with math in college, I definitely would have taken that time, like you said, to do some community college class um, that was specifically for math to really strengthen my skills before getting there. Um, so I think it's really just being honest with yourself about your strengths and weaknesses so that when you get to that next realm, you're, you feel a little bit more prepared, um, like you said, versus having to play catch up. Yeah. Um, so another question is, hey, that's my stepmom, y'all. <laughs> Do you know any students that develop a strong art portfolio to make up for weaker grades and test scores to impress colleges as an art applicant? 
I, I don't know. I think so. Um, I think if you are in a focused program where you're on an art path, you don't, for example, for me, I didn't have to take math and that's my weak subject. So that worked out for me. Um, having a strong portfolio does hold a lot of weight. If you are on that, if you know that's the path that you're on, you still are required to take courses like English and I don't even remember, but other courses. So, right. you know, the GPA matters, but I would defer to my panelists, colleagues, because I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, go ahead, Christina. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to agree. I think that, you know, especially nowadays, um, even the undergraduate realm of school is very competitive. And so what they're really looking for is well-rounded students. So if you are showing active engagements in organizations that you've been in, extracurricular activities, you know, all of those things will really help if you really, you know, do have a lower GPA, that that could be something that kind of carries you over to that, the next, the next side. Um, so I would definitely say if you have a strong um, art portfolio, um, you know, some things that you're really strong strongly connected to, that would be definitely the time to really showcase that. Yeah. Landon, did you have something to add? Yeah, I would just follow up with that as well. And my cat wants to make an appearance. Um, <laughs> also, too, for that young person that may have a strong art portfolio, but not the strongest GPA, as they're going through the admissions process, don't just let the application and the portfolio do the talking like definitely make sure that you have a strong relationship with the admissions counselor for that college or colleges of their choice uh, so that you're able to talk through some of those things as well um generally more times than not being able to advocate for yourself is really important with those admissions counselors because they're the ones who make the decision to gay or nay your acceptance into the school yeah yeah I, I think having a strong um again it goes back to having a support system um having a great a letter of recommendation is really helpful too. So if you've made strides to get your grades up, it doesn't always show out on paper, but that's kind of like your paper trail would be the letter of recommendation where someone's telling the story of your achievements and the progress that you've made. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think what Landon said about advocating for yourself um, is really important. And that's also another um, uh, huge reason why we want to make sure that our students at the academy have these amazing art portfolios that they can continue to build on so that they can use them in these instances um, if they are, you know, regardless if they're struggling with their grades or not, but so that they have this as a resource for themselves moving forward. Um, so another question was, it kind of relates back to what we were talking about, having the support of your family and things like that. And um, thankfully, we all did have the support of our, you know, immediate family and, and things like that. But what, what about the students that don't necessarily have that? So how many of your friends in college um, had the same kind of family support meeting? Is this support common or, you know, and if it's not common, did you have any friends or know of any students that were able to get support elsewhere? Yeah, so um, not necessarily, I mean, some of my friends, we all definitely came from very similar backgrounds, but then some of us also came from very different backgrounds where there may have been, you know, another adult in their life that wasn't their, you know, biological parent. And I think a lot of folks may do. Definitely once I became a college counselor, uh, 
whereas I wasn't just counseling students through high school, but then also counseling them through college. I definitely became a support system for a lot of those young people um, who were first generation college students who were trying to figure it out or their parents were like, I really don't know. You're going to have to help us out land it. Um, so getting phone calls from both students and parents to that, that entire process and trying my best to be a mentor to someone who was much older than me as they were trying to get their kid through college, but then also to serving as that, you know, that beacon for those students as well was really important. Yeah. Yeah, I think my friends who did not have the strongest support system had the strongest work ethic and it was impressive to see. And there, you know, we did have college counselors. Um, in my case for high school, they weren't that supportive, but once you're in the program you're in, uh, those people can be very helpful if they, if they choose to be, you know. Um, but I think it's, again, to what Landon said about motivating yourself, I feel like that was like just super impressive to see that strong work ethic like you have to get it done it's just you you know yeah christina you have anything to add no okay <laughs> um okay so another question thank you for all these questions viewers keep them coming um were any of you involved in any activities organizations or clubs in college how did that change your college experience landon go ahead you're shaking your head <laughs> Um, so the cool thing was uh, I was a part of our Black Student Union, which is known as the Association for African-American Students, which I joined my freshman year, became president my freshman year, served in like capacity that through my sophomore year. And then after that, did various uh, roles. Um, I was also a part of a fraternity, um, which I joined my sophomore year, which definitely provided some semblance of a support system in social life. Um, and then also too, it wasn't necessarily an organization, but me and one of my really good friends, we started a uh, annual fundraiser for Hurricane Katrina victims called The Standoff, mm -hmm. um, which definitely was a way of bringing the community together. Um, we did this every year where we stood in a corner for 24 hours without sitting um, to raise money for families that were affected by Hurricane Katrina. And generally we would do that Friday through Saturday afternoon of 24 hours nonstop standing uh, to raise funds. And literally you get everybody from all walks of life on campus coming to uh, provide funding. Um, I'd say that's probably one of the closest ways folks are able to come together besides graduation uh, as students on campus. Cool. Alex, Christina. Um, so for me, I actually, when I was in um, undergrad, I joined a music organization and it was really nice because it was like a sister group. I went to an all women's college as well during that time. So it was like a nice sister group of us who all just like had a deep love for music. We bonded over it and we would host um, music competitions and talent shows for the school campus. And it was just really nice, um, you know, but I would say for the most part, honestly, um, my school, we didn't have a whole lot of extracurricular organizations. Um, so it didn't shape my experience too much, but it did make it more enjoyable. Cool. What about you, Alex? Um, I wasn't in any groups. I, looking back, I always wish I had joined something, but my, um, uh, the art department was pretty small, so we were really tight knit and we put on all the shows and things, so that felt like an organization. So um, thinking about how students, like the decisions that they'll make when they're approaching college or, you know, a freshman, I think you, what, you pick your major in like your freshman year going into sophomore year, which means you're like 18, 19 usually. Um, 
how would you suggest that they pick those things? Like exactly what this uh, viewer was asking, what are some majors you would recommend for high school students? And also, how do you suggest that they figure out what they want to major in? I would immediately say don't chip for money, <laughs> which is something I think a lot of African-American students fall prey to when they're being advised through college. They're literally given uh, an Excel document or given some type of one pager that shows like, if you're an engineer, you're going to make $120,000 a year. And then if you're a nurse, you're going to make this much money. I can't tell you how many times like I used to beat my head against the wall, like interacting with students who weren't the strongest with like in those fields, like the healthcare or like the STEM field who are like, well, no, I, this is something I want to do. And it's like, it's that moment where you're like, am I the villain in the movie where I'm telling the kid that they can't do the thing and then they do the thing and then they go on to be successful in life? 10% of the time, no. And so it was just like, just making sure that they understand that like, you know, find something that makes you happy, find something that you're passionate about, you know, and select that as your major. Um, like, I, I knew that I was interested in history because I had worked at a museum when I was a teenager. I initially, like I said, went into college thinking that I wanted to be a political science major because I was like, that's the field that I want to chase. Whereas my expertise and my strong suit was in reading and writing by, by way of history. Um, and so, and also too, don't fall prey to this idea when someone tells you that if you major in X, you're not going to make any money. Uh, Cause that was something I definitely heard a lot as well. When I was tell folks, oh yeah, I'm an African studies major, folks, you know, within history. And folks were like, well, what are you going to do with that? And it's just like, I don't know, but it's going to make me happy to know that I know where I come from and you know where my colleagues come from but yeah like to not just get discouraged by things like that and if there are adults listening to this don't tell kids that what they're majoring in isn't going to make them any money like that's the most that's the most detrimental thing you can tell a young person as they select a college and then later select their major well what about alex christina what do you think yeah i agree with you landon um i think it's better to go with your passion versus what you think is going to make money because you never know how you're even gonna do in these courses if you have no interest at all of the work will suffer and it will show yeah what about you christina what do you think i would just say just be authentic to you do what feels organic to you you know if you have been a person who already has such a deep, a deep love for science then you know maybe there's something there for you if you love music then you know maybe you lean more that way but I think, um, as everyone has said, you know, really just trying to force something that's really not you is going to make it very painful <laughs> when more of those critical classes come in, you know, especially like that third or fourth year, um, you know, and they will come. So you definitely want to do something that you are passionate about. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. Um, you know, I remember I went to I went to undergrad thinking I had to be a political science major in order to go to law school, and that's so not true, right? And it was simply because I wasn't educated on the fact that I could major in so many different things and still, you know, go to law school if that's what I wanted to do. Like, I had friends in law school that were math majors, science majors, like all these different things, and I hated political science. Like, I only liked like half of my classes, which is how I ended up double majoring with African and African American history, because that's the only way I was engaged and interested was by supplementing. Um, so I think, you know, when you're trying to pick a major, definitely go with what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, and realizing, um, you know, exactly what inspires you and helps you with your creativity, you know, thinking about that when it comes to your life and your choices. And um, it's difficult when you're, you know, 18, 19, but you know what you like and you know what you don't like and college will afford you that time to really put your efforts toward things that you're super interested in. So with this question here, um, 
I'm just interested to hear what you all think. What inspires you and helps you with your creativity? Uh, taking naps to be very <laughs> a good nap definitely goes a long way for me, especially when I'm frustrated or hitting a rut with something. Just being able to take a nap or get a good night, good night's rest, uh, is always really helpful. Yeah, I agree, Landon. Sleep is over everything, <laughs> but um, I think conversations um, with people who are different than you or like-minded. I think conversations are really inspiring. Um, enhances my creativity. For me, honestly, working out helps me be more creative and helps me to think more clearly. Um, it kind of clears my mind a bit. I get to let out some frustration. I get to, you know, have new things come to mind. So I would say for me, it's just working out. And like Alex said, having conversation, um, maybe, you know, reading on different things um, is inspiring and, you know, it kind of motivates creativity. Yeah, I would echo both of what you, you both said. You know, I think it's important to have something that's like your grounding activity that can ground you daily so that you can start on your day and be able to even be productive. So if that's working out or yoga or reading, whatever it may be, you know, carving out that time to be able to do that. And I think it's important to start practicing that as a young, as a young person, you know, when you're a teenager. Um, because it's so hard for me to do that now in my early 30s because I never did it growing, growing up. So it's never been a part of my routine, but I do find that it's you know, really helpful. Um, and also what Alex was saying about you know, having these conversations with like-minded people, but also people that are super different from you. And something my grandfather always told me is if you're the smartest person in the room, get in a different room. You know, because you should be learning from your friends, from your people, from the people that you're interacting with all the time. Um, so being mindful of who you're surrounding yourself with is super important, especially at a young age. Um, so since you all graduated, um, have you thought about ways to continue your education? I know that, you know, most of us have advanced degrees and we're doing all these other things. But um, have you thought about other ways that you may want to continue education or uh, for those that already did that, how did you come about that decision? I'll be honest. Um, as recent as last week, I submitted um, kind of like the initial, almost like a questionnaire for a doctoral program in leadership. Awesome. Uh, that's something that I've kind of been really, really interested in, especially uh, my final thesis was really about leadership and the workplace and things like that. So that's really kind of propelled me and motivated me to seek higher education in that. Um, not to say that I'll be signing up for the next semester, but you know, I'm just, you know, in a space where I am open to it and, you know, just trying to see what's out there. Yeah, I'm still, um, you know, I actually, I really liked this program that I just did, but working um, within a marketing role, I find there's a lot of information for free online. Um, what I do recommend though is, and I did not regret my program, I don't want to put that out there, to say um, there is a lot of free information and also like to more than just continued education to keep me motivated to make sure I'm still practicing my craft. I like to sign up for art classes, um, maybe just even if it's one a year, it's great. If you meet more people, your ideas expand, like it's great. I think um, just keeping up with something like one of your hobbies is a technique 
Yeah, I think that's dope, you know, to just always keep learning, like never stay stagnant and just yeah, always learn. Yeah, being a student. <laughs> yeah. Forever. <laughs> what about you, Landon? you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I definitely have done like different certification programs uh, since finishing undergrad. I definitely attended grad school. I'm a grad school dropout, for lack of a better word. Um, so I definitely thought that I wanted to do pursue a career path uh, in graduate school and decided that wasn't what I wanted to do and promptly left. Um, but from time to time, like I get bitten by the bug where I'm like, maybe I should, you know, try to go and pursue my PhD in ethnomusicology or something of the sort. But it usually wanes because then I'm like, oh, I look at all of my student loans and I'm like, I think I should wait on this. Yeah. So Landon, I'm glad you said that because that brings me nicely into the next question. You know, um, I feel like when you're picking a major and you're thinking about your career, you have this idea that you have it all figured out, right? And that's just a joke. Like, if we're being honest, <laughs> I have very few friends that literally are using their degree in the way that they thought they would. Um, so, you know, I mean, for me personally, I'm a lawyer, but I've now made a complete career switch to work within the education field and youth development. And, you know, I've taken my talents to work, speeds in life now. So just what do you say to like students that, um, you know, they feel like they have everything planned out and then one thing doesn't go the right way, you know, and now they're discouraged. Like, like what would you say to keep them encouraged on their, on their journey to, to learning and, and getting their degree or, you know, being out in the career field? Oh, I mean, it's not to sound cheesy, but to not give up. Um, you're, you're always gonna be, hurdles are always gonna be put in front of you. And what you may think your timeline is, uh, it may you may not follow it to a T, and it's okay to stray away from that path, uh, no matter how long it takes. Um, as long as you're dedicated to making it happen, it will happen for you. Yeah, I think that I saw what Landon just said. Um, you know, be kind to yourself, be vigilant in your studies, but don't get so overwhelmed that you forget that you're actually doing something incredible. Not everyone even has the substance to put themselves through something like very rigorous so just remind to pat yourself on the back once in a while yeah what do you think christina i agree with what they um both have said that it is definitely important to just feed back into yourself love on yourself um you know education you know it's definitely you know something to be proud of when it's accomplished and done well but it is very hard at times. It's very difficult. It's very challenging. And, you know, I'm sure we all can attest to this and, um, you know, cannot sit here and act like, you know, it's just always flowers because that is not the case. Um, so just really being patient with yourself and, you know, reminding yourself that you can do this and just remembering the reason why you wanted to seek out, you know, whatever the said degree is, that's what's really important. So... Yeah, I think just remembering that is, is, is very key. Yeah. Um, so in your opinion, is there a difference between having a job and having a career? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, yes, and I feel like all of us are essentially working to pay our bills. And so you can do that in a career or a job. Um, I think. I think that maybe we should start thinking about differing the terms between a job and a career and then just say, you know, having a job versus what your passion is. Um, 
and think about it in that regard because I mean my job is within the business sector but then I'm also too very much passionate about theater you know and so I could probably live my entire life and retire within the government sector and not do anything theater wise but find ways to like pursue that passion outside of that space and have both live simultaneously in my world. I think for me, um, the difference maybe between a job and a career is maybe a job is less passionate. Like you said, Landon, I, I would say maybe that's the best way to look at it. But honestly, you know, I mean, I refer to my job as my job, but it is in my career of arts administration. So they also can be used interchangeably as well. So, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree. I just always, um, I'm always just interested to hear people's response to that because sometimes I feel like you can have any job, right? Like you could work at Taco Bell and you don't feel like that's your career, but you know, you have a different passion. So I, I do think that that's probably true, being more passionate about your career than just, you know, just the job. Um, so with that being said, you know, many young people today should expect to have multiple kinds of jobs or careers over the course of their life. What are some of the jobs or careers that you all have done or, or what you hope to do in the future? Yeah, um, I think I've done everything from education sector to the labor sector, uh, worked at a call center, uh, worked at a parking lot of a zoo, so I mean, <laughs> has been unlimited. Um, and I mean, I am I am very content with where I am now. I've always wanted to work in government. I always saw that you know the avenue and the route to bring about you know systemic change. And so, uh, doing what I do now, I definitely feel very fulfilled and very happy to be in this sector. Sorry, guys, I got kicked out for a second. Um, can you ask that question one more time? Yeah, so I was saying many young people today should expect to have multiple kinds of jobs over the course of their life. Um, what are some of the jobs that you have done or you hope to do? Okay, yeah, so I, um, you know, even after I was pursuing my art history degree, I was still bartending because that money is great and it was also a way for me to get my creative expression out. Um, I think my, I just because I'm an art, person I don't necessarily need a career in the arts but it's what am I trying to say it's it's still um it influences like the choices that I make when when deciding what path I'm taking what career path I'm taking I guess <laughs> so for me I've had definitely a lot of different jobs I've had like little jobs at my mom's job at one point I've worked at the courthouse um, so a lot of little different stuff, watching people's kids, I mean, a lot of things. Um, but I would say definitely going forward in the future, I would love to see myself as an executive director of a performing arts center. Um, and even also having one day my own nonprofit arts organization where I can provide music education to students and, you know, train them up and, and things like that. So that's definitely something that I am looking forward to in the future. Well, it sounds like you're in the right place um, <laughs> with uh, working with Project Create and even with collabing with Words, Beats, and Life. So uh, I'm excited for everyone's future and what you all want to do uh, moving forward. Um, so one more question from the crowd. Um, knowing what you know today and the paths you all took, what would you change or would you change anything? Um, it's tricky. I always, I know what I could have done differently. 
um, aka better. But I really like where I am right now as a human being. So <laughs> I don't think I would change anything. Um, but I still would recommend everyone buckling down and getting their schoolwork done because it does affect the decisions you make in the long run, whether it's where you go to college or the career options that you have in the future. Yeah, I agree with Alexander. Um, I think that, you know, every path that I've taken thus far has led me to these moments and I don't know, I can't imagine anything different. Like, so yeah, I'm fairly content with um, the path that I've made and learned a lot from those mistakes along the way too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I would say that I wouldn't change anything either because everything that I've gone through has led me to this moment where we are right here. Um, so I would definitely just keep everything as is, but I agree with Alex. I think for our younger people who are watching that it's so important to take your education and your studies very seriously because it really does impact so many things. Um, as you said, this, the schools that you may be afforded the opportunity to to get your degrees from and things like that, which dictates a lot of things from your trajectory of your career, you know? So just really take yourself seriously. You know, I know when we're young, we're like, oh, we can just have fun and, you know, just kind of be on playtime. But right now you do kind of need to buckle down and be serious, especially now. It's just so competitive. Everyone is really out here trying to further themselves and, you know, really be the best them. And you, you have to be doing the same as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, you just always have to put your best efforts forward, like even if it's something you hate to do or, you know, it's that job that you just don't love, you know, always do your best because you just never know who's watching. You know, you never know what it can lead to. So always putting your best efforts forward. Um, I think we had one more question from comments. Let me look real quick. Um, yeah, so we have one of uh, Wilson High School student here waving, hey. Hey, Atia Lola. Sorry, I probably butchered that. Um, please mention any useful scholarship programs. Um, so one that I know of is one with Words, Beats, and Life. Um, you can go to our website and you can apply there. I think it's open until the end of this month. So uh, I'll have Terrell drop that information to you so that you have it all. Um, does anybody else on the panel know of any scholarships for high school students? Um, I I used to recommend this to my students, but there is an app called Scholly, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y. Um, that's a good way to search for scholarships. And I would just say, you know, as a high school student, you should try to dedicate at least, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a day searching for scholarships um, and applying for as many as you can. Uh, but that app was definitely one uh, such way that I would introduce my students to find scholarships based on their academic interests, as well as like the states that they wanted to go to college in. Yeah, so you can see the link right there to the WBL scholarship, um, and it's also in the comments for anyone. Uh, Christina, Alex, do you have any comments on scholarships? Um, I don't actually, unfortunately, know right now any resources for that, but I can say the importance of having as many scholarships as you possibly can is so important so that you will not have so, so many student loans. Um, you know, that is definitely something that affects so many aspects of life, including your credit score. So really do take that time to carve out those opportunities, take the time to, to seek out those opportunities so that at the end, when it's all said and done, you won't have so, so much student um, loan debt to walk away with. Yeah, I think that's super important. Um, and also like, 
speaking to the right people. Um, so if you are currently in school and you're having trouble affording, go to the financial aid office and speak to somebody, you know, because sometimes there are things available that we just don't know about. Like for me um, personally, when I went to school, my dad had a different job and then he was laid off. So for like two years, we didn't get any financial aid, but I went and I spoke to somebody at the financial aid office and she was such an angel. Like she got me, she literally made me be able to stay at Penn State. Um, I still have loans, but she helped. So, but I, you know, that wouldn't have never happened had I not spoke to people. So, you know, being able to ask those questions um, and, and, you know, ask for support. So <laughs> this is an interesting question. Um, not that anyone is listening to Kanye, but how do you think his discouraging people from going to college has impacted young, young people's ideas about the value of college? Um, I think that's interesting because like, how do you think people like Kanye or other artists that students um, and young people are idolizing is affecting their choices to go to college? What do you all think? Mm, I mean, I think for any young person that's interested in the arts, um, if you if you can find the avenue outside of it, you know, like I think of a person like Chance the Rapper, but also even still like people like Kanye and Chance, you know, come from a certain economic class that afforded them the opportunity to not necessarily have to go to college in order to pursue their passions and their dreams. Um, but most college campuses have world-class studios. They have, you know, you, you gain access to various forms of technology there that you wouldn't be able to have access to just as a regular young person trying to make it and working a job to get access to that software. Um, so I definitely would recommend any young person who does want to pursue like something within the arts um, or even outside of the arts to look at college as that option because a lot of those services and studio times and things like that, you can essentially gain, you know, by way of your tuition. Yeah. That's a good point. Alex, Christina, do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, um, I don't feel discouraged by Kanye. I think he was a great soundtrack for my college days. Um, old Kanye, Kanye. Old Kanye, yeah. yeah. It's, important, <laughs> it's important not to take anything too literally that does not directly affect your life. So. You know, just because he says it does not mean that that's the way. Um, and Landon, I agree with you. Like, if you feel like you are super artsy and college isn't for you, remember that's where the studios are. That's how you get access to the materials you need. Sign up, <laughs> do school. <laughs> no, I, I really agree with what both of you all have said. And I think that's where we go again, where it talks when we were talking about being authentic to you and being organic, if you are a person who naturally doesn't feel like college is really going to be for you, or maybe you need to take that gap year, like we talked about as well, then, you know, do what you need to do um, to get yourself prepared or do what you need to do to get yourself to where you want to be, even if it's not college. Um, but I think, you know, just being prepared and continuing to educate yourself is really important. Um, you know, just listen to, to your heart. Yeah, I, I love all of what you all said, especially, you know, being authentic to yourself and what your priorities are and what you want to see for your life is really important. Um, and it's just so much out there that I think it's hard for young people to know which way is right, um, which is why I'm so excited that we get to help these these young people and, and give them some mentorship and some guidance and just also be an ear for them to be seen and heard and really express themselves because I think that will also just help them put their energy towards something positive and creative that can help their future. 
Um, so I have one last question just to wrap up before we all go. Um, thinking back to your 18, 19 year old self, what is one piece of advice you would want to tell yourself about how to be work, entrepreneur or college ready um, and, and just wanting to take your place in this world? I was just telling myself to take my time um, and not feel like I need to rush to get everything done. And also to you will not peak at the age of 18. You have a you won't peak at any age. You have a whole lifetime ahead of you to get everything done that you want to get done. There is no timeline. Yeah, I literally was going to say I would tell myself to just relax, calm down, chill. There's no time limit on when you're supposed to get these things done. Um, and if you're in that Zen mode, then you're going to produce even better work. So don't panic. And mine is simply a motto is that you got this. Um, I know when I was preparing to go away to school, I was really nervous. I was uptight. I, I was just anticipating, you know, am I really going to do well? I just had so many thoughts, but I would just really encourage myself and affirm myself that you got this. You, you know, whatever life may bring, you're, you're going to tackle it and you'll just find your way. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, uh, I have a motto of just keep swimming. And that's again, that's like for everything. I got it from Nemo, but it really just applies to life for me. Um, that like you, you, you're gonna fail and that's where the most success comes from. But don't be discouraged and don't feel like you have to have it figured out, you know, all overnight because none of us do, even as adults. So we don't expect 18, 19 year olds to have it figured out either. Um, but just try your best, you know, and ask for help. Um, so I just want to thank you all for being here with us tonight. Um, it's just, it's been amazing. I, I hope that this was helpful to some of the young people watching and or their parents to help their young people or guardians, whatever it may be. Um, so just thank you so much. Terrell's going to pop back on and thank you everybody for watching and your amazing questions. So stick with us. Terrell has a few announcements and then have a good night, everyone. Hello everyone, this is Terrell again. Thank you. I just want to send a great thank you out to our panelists as well as Serena, who was our host. They did a wonderful job tonight. I hope that the information that they shared has been meaningful. And I hope that if anything, after leaving this event tonight, you all have gained something from listening to our conversation tonight. I also want to thank you all for coming out. We appreciate it very much. All right, lastly, um, we are still accepting applications for the academy program as well as the college material program. If you have um, any questions about that, you can also email me at headcoach at wblinc.org. Or if you have a specific academy question, you can email my colleague, Serena Lewis. Um, her handle is very similar to, not, to mine, except for it's academy manager at wblinc.org. This podcast was produced by Executive Director Mazi Mutafa. Post-production by Rhythm Lingo Music. Past episodes can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Mixcloud. Words, Beats, and Life podcasts are produced through funding from partner grants and in-kind donations from people like you. Visit wblinc.org donate to make a contribution.